Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Right, guys, come on, you're not playing that game for the evening. So what else do you want to do? No, go left there. Stop, it's my turn. Ugh, make it easier on yourself, Tom, and just leave them at it. No, we said we're going to make more of family time, and we're sticking to it. Okay, tablet off, please. Come help me get the dinner ready, then one of you can pick a game without a screen that we can all play. Things might be tough these days, but when it comes to raising healthy kids, big wins start with small changes. Make the most of family time. Add a healthy habit today. Find more ways to start living healthier at makeastart.ie. Brought to you by Safe Food, the HSE and Healthy Ireland. Before listening to the show, I'd just like to make you aware that you shouldn't take anything that Rick Edwards says seriously. Do not attempt to replicate his behaviour And please be aware that he is not a suitable role model, nor a responsible human being. You know how they say that we can only access 20% of our brain? This lets you access all of it. I was blind, but now I see. How many of us ever know what it is to become the perfect version of ourselves? You think somebody's watching? So, you know, we've all heard of smartphones, smart cars, smart watches. What about smart pills, bioengineered supplements with grand claims of boosting brain power and sharpening focus? Now, modafinil isn't like the classic stimulant drugs like the Adderall, which is amphetamine salts, or the methylphenidate, which is Ritalin. Those drugs actually have some abuse potential. You know, would we want to use it to improve our work-life balance? Would we want to get all our work done within a fixed period of time? Or would we just do more work? Would we just accelerate into a 24-7 society of work? What would you do? Hello and welcome to Science-ish. I'm Rick Edwards. I'm joined by, guess who? It's only Dr. Michael Brooks. Hello. Just always leave a pause just in case you've got anything else to say. He hasn't. The idea of the show is that we ask now one question about one work of fiction. We talk to one scientist and then we... What do we do? We just sort of chat about it. Yeah. In a well-informed way. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't Barely informed. Don't laugh at that, Brooksy. This week, you are taking the helm, aren't you? Yes, yeah. What are we talking about? This week, we're talking about the film Limitless. Ah, yes. Which is basically about, you know, brain-enhancing drugs. And Mm. and can we get them to work and will they ruin our lives or will they make them better? Which is an interesting topic, I think. It is an interesting topic. Unlike Um, the film. Yeah, the film, um, I saw it in the cinema. Did you really? Uh, You must have spunked like eight quid on that. I think it might even have been 11. Yeah, premium seats. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. It's not clever what me and my friends called it afterwards, but nevertheless, I have never referred to it as anything except limitages. 
since seeing it because it's so jizz. I absolutely... It's not clever, is it, really? ...hated it. But I'll call it limages all the way through as well. <laughs> Good ideas behind it. I mean, the yes. idea is... Uh, basic plot recap is that Bradley Cooper discovers or somebody gives him a drug that can give him incredible focus and turns his life from being a loser kind of you know wannabe writer to somebody who turns in a book in three days and then goes on to make loads of money and basically take over the whole of New York society as far as you can tell actually it basically turns him into an asshole if I'm honest I mean that's what I thought when I was watching it this is not a guy you'd want to be around like all successful people (laughs) absolute bellend (laughs) Is this based on a book? Yeah, The Dark Fields by Alan Glynn. And and what did you think when you read it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you when I do. Okay. What's our question going to be then? Well, uh, it's obvious really, um, which is, can neuroenhancers turn me into a genius? Or I should say more of a genius. No, no, it was right first time. What's so special about this low-key guy living a low-key life? Well, go inside his house. What if you could boost your brain power and be so much smarter than you are at the moment? Can you figure out what any of that means? What if you could think new thoughts, be more creative? Would you want to do that if it meant taking a drug? That's the work of a guy with an estimated IQ of about 200. I'm Professor Barbara Sahakian. I'm based in the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Cambridge um, Clinical School. 195 to 200? Well, you're talking one in several billion people. Many of you will have seen the film Limitless, where things seemed to be great to begin with and then sort of went badly wrong. Part of it is that we don't really know how far we can enhance the human brain and whether drugs can make it even better than it is now. So at the moment, when we think about nootropics, cognitive enhancing drugs, smart drugs, these are all terms for the same sort of things. Drugs that can improve your concentration, Concentration, attention, attention, memory and learning, and your, what we call executive function, your higher level cognitive cognitive processes. processes. Things like planning and problem solving. And also we, uh, of course, want to be more creative at work and, and elsewhere in our lives. Well, to some extent, we can. There are drugs that actually boost our cognitive abilities. And some of these drugs we've known about for a long time, drugs like methylphenidate, also known as Ritalin. And this is a common treatment for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD. And that drug's been around for a long time. And what it does is it it actually boosts chemicals in the brain called noradrenaline and dopamine. And these are important for learning, and so they help us with our learning processes. They also help us attend better. And so when you get distracted or when you can't focus on something or when you really want to get down and say, if you're a student, write that essay that you've been putting off or maybe you want to get down and study for exams, people attempted to take these drugs, even if they haven't got ADHD. Yeah, I think I would be tempted to take those drugs. Well, you're a classic case for this because you do that whole late night, you know, pull pull an all-nighter before the, yeah. before the exam. That would really help me out. Yeah. And it's interesting. So they haven't... What's the drug in the in the film called? It's called NZT48. NZT? NZT. We're not in America. Well, that's what they call it in the film. Yeah, but... All right, NZT. This fictional drug in an American film, you'd like me to call it NZT48, would that's you? That's right, yeah, I would. God. 
Thank you for doing that. Right, um, fine. So, so that obviously doesn't exist, but no. there are drugs out there that can help us, well, help our attention, help us learn stuff more effectively. It seems so, yes. Yeah, Would so- you not get on it? No, because you know me, I like to prepare things well in advance. Oh, I don't do, do all-nighters. I just forget what an absolute square you are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do all-nighters. I just work steadily. Uh, yeah, started revising all my out. A-levels in February, I think it was. Did you? The previous year? <laughs> <laughs> so I had no need of this kind of neuro-enhancing nonsense. Anyway, so these days, you can get on Ritalin. So this is a, a drug that was first synthesized in 1944 for sort of blood pressure, and then they realized it had a kind of stimulant effect so it's sort of came onto the market really in 1960 or so but it's now used for kids with uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and helps them kind of gain a little bit of focus through the day but the thing is that students are starting to use it professors are using it Mm -hmm. people who want to think with a bit more focus are actually getting on this and um, so does it help you filter things out then like it uh, it aids your focus so people don't know exactly how it works but the the Mm. basics are In the prefrontal cortex, which kind of coordinates your attention, what it does is when it finds certain signals coming in which are all coordinated together, then they get amplified. And the ones that come in sort of singly, which are basically distractions on their own, uh, they get suppressed. So you get this sort of greater focus on whatever it is that's the main thing in front of you. That sounds good. I think it is good. You have to... Can I get it? (laughs) No. It's illegal for anyone to prescribe it to you unless you have ADHD, which you might have, I mean, to be fair. I don't think I do, actually. No? The the problem is that, you know, I mean, the film sets this up as, oh, you know, we only use 20% of our brain, which is utter nonsense. And it sort of says, oh, you know, imagine if you could use the whole 100%. Well, actually, you know, the effects of Ritalin are not that stark. It's not like in the film where he gets this sudden, like, rush of focus and everything turns a rosy golden colour. I mean, it just makes you a little bit better and a little bit more focused. And it's not a huge thing. And also, you know, you have to worry about whether you get dependent on these kinds of things. And so the thing about us only using 20% of our brain then, is that right? And if so... What is the other 80% up to? <laughs> it's utter nonsense. So where does it come from then? Um, so it's William James, who was a, a 19th century kind of psychologist. He said in his book, The Energies of Men, we are making use of only a small part of our possible mental and physical resources. So he didn't even put a number on it, and people have just extrapolated that, and somehow it's become this urban myth that we use 20% of our brains. But in the film, if I remember correctly, NZT48 makes all of your brain, 100% of your brain active at any given moment, which would be a nightmare, surely. Like, you wouldn't be able to cope. There's too much going on, isn't there? <laughs> You'd be in, like, some kind of psychosis, wouldn't you, where you're, like, kicking off, all your limbs are moving, you know, sexual arousal is up there, you've got this massive fear going on, you're probably in, like, a complete panic attack. Uh, yeah, if, if, you've if got a raging boner as well. Yeah. <laughs> you're an absolute if everything mess. everything in your ba- brain is going, you're <laughs> blinking like mad, your heart rate's going. <laughs> <laughs> they should have done that in the film, really. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great scene. Cooper just freaking out in bed. I was blind, but now I see. So Ritalin's mainly used on on kids, isn't it? How much research has been done into, like, long-term effects? 
We've been using it on kids with ADHD for quite a while, but there's not really long-term studies at the kinds of doses which are higher that people would use them as a neuroenhancer. So we don't actually have any data on what the long-term effects would be of using uh, Ritalin as a neuroenhancer. And we do have some suggestions that, you know, you can become dependent on it. It sort of starts to be an addiction, basically, and you have to wean yourself off it. And also, I mean, you might find that your lifestyle is starting to depend on it. So you wouldn't take Ritalin or anything like that, then? I wouldn't take Ritalin. Uh, I probably wouldn't take the kind of those kind of drugs. I would, however, consider taking modafinil. Oh, tell me more. Now, modafinil isn't like the classic stimulant drugs like the Adderall, which is amphetamine salts, or the methylphenidate, which is Ritalin. Those drugs actually have some abuse potential. But so far, there's been no substance abuse potential demonstrated for drugs like modafinil. And that's maybe one reason why that type of drug is so popular with healthy people for boosting their cognition. Well, some call it Viagra for the brain, the ultimate pill for a 24-7 society. And it almost sounds too good to be true. A prescription medication that keeps you focused and awake for days at a time without the jitters of caffeine, with no crash, no serious side effects, at least none they've discovered yet. So we did some of the earliest studies with modafinil and healthy people to look at whether or not this drug could boost cognition. What we found with modafinil was that it, it actually has quite good cognitive boosting effects across a broad range of different functions. So for instance, we found that it could improve uh, what we call working memory, something we use all the time in complex tasks like planning and problem solving and that kind of area. And also we found that it was, it was very good for planning and uh, problem solving. So we found that it was very also very good for cognitive flexibility. It may seem utterly fantastical, but not so, says Dave Asprey, a successful executive. He often gets up at 4.45, pops a pill, prepares breakfast for his two children. There you go. Then gallops into his high-pressure job as vice president of a billion-dollar internet security firm. We looked at decision-making and problem-solving in people with modafinil, and what we found was that they were actually coming to solutions much better, so they had an improved problem-solving ability. Some of them would take a little bit longer to solve the problem, but the quality of the solution was better. So it seemed to help to make them less impulsive in choosing a response, and therefore they had a better quality response. And that's what the drug seems to do. This can be the difference between I'm just making it through the day to I had, like, the best day of my life. Now, modafinil is very interesting because it also affects dopamine and noradrenaline in the brain, but it doesn't um, have abuse potential as far as we can see. But it also has actions on other transmitters. So we know, for instance, it affects GABA glutamate, which is very important for learning. So the broad areas that can be improved by modafinil may have to do with different actions of these chemicals in the brain. And it seems to be quite a good cognitive-enhancing drug. We've looked at it, for instance, to improve cognition in groups of patients with schizophrenia and also in people who were recovering from depression and it improved their performance. So this may be very beneficial for certain people. Right, so where do I get this modafinil then? Sounds ideal. On the internet. Sorry, I 
Probably shouldn't tell you that. Um, but I can just, on, you, like, on the dark You net. can do it on the dark net, yeah, quite easily, I Should think. I? Well, I mean, why not? I mean, well, exactly. If, if That's you sort need, of what I'm asking you. If you need some focus. I mean, it's amazing stuff. So it's quite widely used by fighter pilots. So, I mean, you, you can do 90 hours straight on this thing. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very, very good at keeping you awake and keeping you focused. A couple of years ago, Newsnight did a poll of, of UK citizens and found of the people that responded to their poll, 38% they said they tried modafinil. So I mean, that's not the general population, but people who are interested in this. And 92% said they'd do it again. Wow. It's got very good reviews, shall we say. It's been shown that surgeons do better when they're on modafinil, do a better job. It kind of keeps you awake, keeps you focused. and Yeah, perfect for doctors doing long shifts and exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So, so why is it restricted? Well, I mean, you could argue a lot about drug policy. I mean, the idea is that it's maybe not terribly safe to have people just sort of medicating themselves with these kinds of things. But, mm. you know, it was developed for pharmaceutical purposes to help with narcolepsy, for instance. And I guess it's never been sort of licensed for just general recreational use. And and it's not like you should live your whole life on it, but people find it incredibly useful when they've got little jobs to do. Anders Sandberg at Oxford, he swears by it. He says, you know, when he's got some particularly tricky work to do, he'll pop some modafinil. And his only, you know, concern about it is the sourcing of it. He says he, he doesn't like the fact that he has to source it from sort of these slightly dodgy people who probably are doing dodgy things in other areas. Apart from that, he says he thinks it's golden. Yeah, who's making it? Well, I don't know. It's not me. Hmm. Could we make it? Is this a little side <laughs> business besides this? <laughs> Get your modafinil here. <laughs> or maybe we finally solved the problem the, of sponsorship. By the, by the... <laughs> Brought to you by, by modafinil. <laughs> I, th- I think it's very hard to find the reasons not to do it. You know, not to use it. If you find yourself in a position where, you know, a bit of focus and concentration wouldn't go amiss. How do you think I'm going to write the next book? <laughs> I'm going to be dosed up on this stuff. You wouldn't believe. I'm genuine. I'm going to go... You do it I'm, in three days like Bradley Cooper. I'm going to I'm going to buy some. You are, aren't you? I Definitely. can tell you've got that glint in your eye. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay. What I could do with my day was limitless. I learned to play the piano in three days. Math became useful. And fun. I'm all in. Even half listening to any language, I became fluent. One of the important things to note is that actually it's useful for some purposes, like, you know, if you're writing an academic paper, then that's good and you'll produce a a good bit of work. If you're using it to revise for an exam, actually the problem with that is that actually you're dealing with a different kind of memory. So you want things to go into your long-term memory for an exam and not just sit in your working memory and you need sleep for that. So there are issues over whether it's a good idea to just stay up and do it. And there's reports of students sort of using it and and then just falling asleep during their exams. (laughs) So you've got to get your dosing and your timing right. And, you know, probably a few days before the exam, you know, you do that and then you sleep and then you consolidate into your long-term memory. Then, yeah, golden. But if I cram the night before, so if I stay up all night revising, which is exactly what I would do, then I'll be all right for the day. Probably Basically, if I will. take the exam on modafinil. Yeah, you'd probably be all right. As long as it was in your working memory, which I guess it would be, it would be sort of there in the, in the kind of short-term memory. That's exactly how I've done all exams. <laughs> Always just short-term memory, and then <laughs> well, ask me about it a week later. so much. Nothing. That explains so much. <laughs> what, does it explain how well I did? <laughs> 
now, see? <laughs> so are students on this, then? Of course they are, yeah, they're all over this. I mean, I'm not sure they're making better quality decisions in their lives, as Professor Barbara says, but they're definitely using it for cramming. Now, we've grown used to hearing about athletes who take drugs to improve their performance, but now there is evidence that many students and academics might be doing the same. So in America, for instance, uh, people, healthy people are using Adderall, they're using Ritalin, they're using Modafinil, and this seems to be on the increase. And there's a lot of surveys using proper survey methodology, which are published in journals, which shows the rate of this use can be anywhere from 13% of people on college campuses right up to about 25% of people on college campuses. People have done surveys here. There's been a recent informal survey done at Oxford, and they came up with over 10% of people using these drugs. Everyone drinks coffee, so you get your shot of caffeine in the morning, but as soon as someone, you know mentions taking a memory-boosting drug to help you in your exam or something, you know, everyone immediately shuts down, everyone immediately thinks of it as something completely new and terrifying. And then we see that there are studies that are done in Switzerland, for instance, at universities, and they came up with about 7 to 8% of people using them in those campuses there. We know that a German survey, which has been um, done by an insurance company, has actually just looked at people in their workforce. And what they found is there's definitely been an increase from their first survey to their second survey. And now people are using it at about 7%, whereas it used to be about 4%. What they can do for students is to allow them to stay awake longer and revise for their exams. But also, it seems to be that there's a lot of pressure on people at work. They asked people why they were using these drugs, and a lot of people said, well, I'm using it because I'm in a job where a small mistake would have big consequences, so obviously they're feeling the stress of pressure from that job. Some people say that they have to work very long hours in their job, so they're using it to stay awake and alert. And then other people said they're just using it because they have to in order to get their work done. Startups like Nutribox, co-founded by 29-year-old Jeff Wu, are helping to rebrand smart drugs as part of the multi-billion dollar supplement industry. If there's one really smart person in the world, great, we have another Einstein. Um, but if everyone was super smart, there's like an exponential amount of innovation going on. So as a society, we have to think about, you know, is this the kind of society we want? I mean... If there was a safe and effective cognitive enhancing drug that was marketed and healthy people could use it, and we still need the studies before that can be proved, you know, would we want to use it to improve our work-life balance? Would we want to get all our work done within a fixed period of time so we could go home, spend more time with our families, or maybe take up other activities, hobbies, or learn a new language, or maybe exercise, do these other things? Or would we just do more work? Would we just accelerate into a 24-7 society of work? It does sustain the speed that I'm going right now and the many things. I would have to take a couple things off my plate if I wanted to keep going without them. She takes one every day. How do they make you feel? It's not like a, you know, like press a button and like turbocharge, like all of a sudden you like switch into nootropics mode. I found that it just helped lessen the like time it needed to me to to switch gears. This is where I keep my nootropics. Presumably some point in the future, there will be these long-term 
efficacy and safety studies in healthy people, and a drug may come to market and then be allowed for people to use. But then we also have to think in society, will these be expensive drugs? And then will it make the discrepancy between the haves and have-nots much larger? So will you have to have enough money to buy these drugs so people who are already are disadvantaged may become more disadvantaged because they can't purchase these drugs? So we need to think about issues like this as well. What are you doing? Do you want to be president of the United States or brain dead, stuck full of tubes? I'll take my chances. I told you, your chances don't exist. We shut down your lab. You don't think some smart-ass in NZT might have two or three or even four labs? So what? You're not making any more. That's right, I'm not. I thought better of it. See, once you know what's in it, you can tweak and re-engineer, get the bugs out, taper off. I'm off it, Carl. Loads of people are taking it in the States then. Yeah, I mean, the, the figures are really unreliable because you're relying on students to kind of admit, say, admit what they're doing. But mm-hmm. it's sort of around 15% of students say they use it. And same in the UK now, certainly at Oxford. I mean, partly, I imagine, it's because they hear other students are using it. So it's like... An Where are they getting it from? Well, they're getting it on... <laughs> Personal interest. <laughs> <laughs> Going to Oxford soon, are you? They're getting it off the dark web or, yeah. or probably, you know, it's probably being dealt on campus, to be honest, isn't it? But um, another business idea for us. <laughs> Free book with that. <laughs> um, is it? I mean, Professor Barbara is saying it's not addictive, but no. presumably the effects of it are going to become slightly addictive because if you become used to only working with the assistance of yeah. this stuff, you're going to think if I'm not on it, I'm going to be way less productive. I'm letting myself down. I'm letting my company down, and so on. Yeah, and when your colleagues are also, or you think they're on it, you kind of have to get on it because you think you're going to be left behind. So it's kind of escalating in in a way. I mean, you've got to get the payoff in the end. You've got to sleep. You've got to, you know, let your body wind down. So if you keep using it all the time, effectively, you're going to kind of leave yourself quite run down, I'd say. How different is it to using other means of kind of stimulating yourself to do more work or or stay awake, like coffee or the diet that you choose? Like All of this stuff is we're kind of using to try and promote our productivity i mean not all of it but a lot of it modafinil has been described as a, like a you know really good cup of coffee that lasts all day effectively so it's sort of the similar I'm so kind excited of about this stuff <laughs> <laughs> it's a similar kind of focus obviously if you're eating crap all day you know if you're getting sugar high sugar low and all that kind of stuff that's not going to help you so a good diet obviously helps you study it helps you focus better we kind of know that this is just a kind of direct chemical route to that and how do we avoid that thing of okay these pills are actually relatively expensive and it's just going to be haves and have-nots and the haves are going to be even better at their job and and, and get more money and the have-nots are just going to get left behind well i think that kind of exaggerates the effects of these things so i think they're good they're not that good if you're you know really kind of gifted talented person who can do their job really well and you've got some chancer who's not very good at it, they might sort of you know, be able to compete with you a bit better. But I think people worry about this inequality issue, and I think the inequality might turn out to grow a little bit. But I don't think it, it makes such a huge difference to your output that it's going to you know, create a kind of two-tiered society. But the idea that actually it would allow us to have a better work-life balance, if everyone was using this and, and was more productive, so you could spend less hours of the day working and more hours doing other stuff. I mean, that's pretty idyllic. It's completely naive though, isn't it? You yeah. know... It's not, it doesn't tend to be how businesses operate. <laughs> <laughs> you know that if your employer you know, like sees you working really, really well and 
making lots of money. They don't say, oh, you know, go home, have a long weekend, do they? They just say, great, we'll have more of that, please. So I don't think it will help our work-life balance one job. All my fear, all my shyness, gone. They've done four bases. But mere lounging wasn't enough. All right, so our question was, can neuroenhancers turn me into a genius? The answer is... Yes. Mm, so sort of a short burst of time, maybe? Yeah, but I mean, you don't need genius for a long time, do you? You just need those kinds of inputs and the, the moment of kind of being able to get some work done. Clearly, it does that. You know, this is what everybody's reporting, is that when you have those moments, when you need to be focused, you need to get some productivity sky high, bang. One thing I realise that we haven't particularly spoken about is when you say, turn me into a genius, it kind of implies that my intelligence level is going up. And I know intelligence is a difficult thing to measure, but I don't think any of these drugs no, are doing that, are they? It's focused. They're focusing me and they're, they're making me more efficient and more productive. Yeah. But I'm still kind of limited by my intelligence, aren't I? Well, you, of course you're limited by your intelligence. So it's not changing that? No, it's not changing that. So if, if you, you know, take this stuff and then all you do is go on Facebook, then you will just have a very intensive Facebook session, basically. So you need to direct that focus. OK, I think I'm going to click buy now on this modafinil. <laughs> Am I doing this? Yeah, go I think I'm doing it, aren't I? It's in the basket! <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we're going to be discussing digital terrorism and hacking with the movie Hackers. Oh, Hackers. Back to the 90s with all your clobber. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't tell it's in the 90s, really. <laughs> no, no, you'd never know from looking at it. No, 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 Science Ish is a Radio Wolfgang production presented by me, Rick Edwards, and Dr. Michael Brooks. The producer was Max Sanderson, with sound designed by Ivor Slayer-Manley. Special thanks to Professor Barbara Sahakia. If you like this show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We want the number one spot back, and we really want it bad. Your computer makes thousands of connections every day just like the one it's making now to deliver you your audio content. Why not unlock some little connections of your own? Pick up a box of Cadbury Heroes today, stay at home and share them with your family or friends. Sometimes it's the little things that bring us together. 